Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Everyday Style School podcast, where we believe style can be easy and getting dressed should be fun. I'm your host, Jennifer Mackey Mary, and all month long, to celebrate 100,000 downloads, we're resharing some of our most popular episodes with some new thoughts and giving away a bunch of prizes, including a $100 gift card. Head to the show notes at youreverydaystyle.com slash episode 66 for all the details. Today, we're resharing episode 19, The Five Elements of Personal Style. It's funny. I remember putting this episode together thinking no one would listen to it or it wouldn't be well-received, that you would all hate it. I knew it was important information to put out there, but for some reason, I just had this huge hang-up about it, which shows how much I know because it's actually our number two all-time episode. As I've thought about my business over the last year and what I want it to be and what I really want to teach people, this episode and the five elements of style have become a guide for me. While I love creating capsule guides and I love that they might make life easier and more stylish for you, I want so much more for my listeners and clients. I want you to know how to dress your body, and I want you to know how to find your signature style and make it work for your lifestyle. I want you to know not just what these five elements are, but how to figure them out to make style easier for yourself so you can be confident forever, whether you have a capsule guide to follow or not. I just imagine you in a fitting room in 10 years, knowing what looks good on you because you took the classes, you listened to the show, and you don't have that stress about finding clothes that work for you anymore. That's what I want for you. I actually designed our annual membership, which opens back up in a few days, to be the one-stop shop to learn all of these things. And I'm going back and creating core masterclasses to reflect these elements. We've already got Signature Style and the Ultimate Closet Makeover up on our website, and Discovering Your Colors and Dressing Your Body Type will be coming very, very soon. I want not only to help you know what the style elements are, but to give you the tools to help you apply them in your life. That's when the magic happens, when you can take these elements and make them work for you. So I guess it really turns out this episode meant as much to me as it did to you because it really gave me a roadmap for what I want my business to be in the months and years going forward. So thank you. Today, I want to talk about something I see clients struggle with a lot, which is what to do about the disconnects. For a couple of months, it seemed that all the clients I was working with were struggling with the style they wanted not being right for their physical characteristics. Whether they loved dark, moody, edgy clothes that completely washed them out color-wise, or they gravitated toward fit and flare dresses and tucked in styles that weren't best for their bodies, it seemed that everybody I was working with was having a hard time making those elements work together. And on a personal note, I'm going through this shift as well. I have never met a neutral I didn't love. I love neutrals. I would wear nothing but black and gray and taupe and cream if I could. However, I've discovered that color looks best on me. Light, bright, happy, bold colors look best on me. It's not what I want to look best on me, but I can objectively say when I see myself in video that taupe and black do absolutely nothing for me. Bright coral does. So I get the struggle. I truly, truly do. When you have disconnects between the elements, you've got two options. The first is to ask yourself, what can I do? Don't just say, I don't look good in gray. I guess I'll give up. 
For the client who wanted a super moody, edgy style, but didn't look good in those colors, we went through her color palette and we found one or two she didn't hate. That was as good as we could do out of her palette. And then we looked at the color palettes that weren't best for her, but were better than the super dark colors that she really, really wanted. And we found a few there as well. So we ended up with like five or six colors that, that she really thought, okay, I can work with that. For the client who loved a tailored look, but had a body that looked best with less structure, we took elements of that style and reinterpreted them in a more flattering way. In my own journey, I found that light gray works. Ivory is good. Warm, light camel is good. So there are neutrals I can wear. There is always something you can do. It might not be obvious and it might not be the perfect solution that solves everything, but you can work to find some kind of compromise. Another disconnect that I deal with is coloring versus body shape. So this is a disconnect within the same element of personal characteristics. My best colors are light and bright, but to dress my body shape best, I'm supposed to wear light colors on the bottom and dark colors on the top. Well, what's a girl to do? Sometimes I look for colors that are lighter and brighter, but still darker than my bottoms. But usually I use strategy number two, which is to prioritize. When you have two conflicting interests and you've looked for the ways you can compromise, the next thing you have to ask yourself is, what is more important to me? The Linda who loved dark, moody things discovered her style in the end was more important to her than wearing flattering colors. So while she was happy to learn silhouettes that were more flattering, in the end, she wanted that edgy look, which in large part came from the colors. That was most important to her. The Linda who liked tailored looks discovered that wearing clothes that were traditionally flattering was more important. So while we pulled a few elements from the style she loved, what really mattered to her was finding those best silhouettes. There is no right answer of which should be more important. That is up to you. You get to decide. Audrey Hepburn once said, happy girls are the prettiest. I love that quote. And I would hate to think of either of my Lindas wearing clothes they didn't feel great in or didn't love because they felt like they had to follow a formula, whether it's flattering colors or this strict style. There will always be one priority that rises to the top and you get to choose and you just got to go with it. For me, wearing colors that are flattering, especially on video or in pictures, is more important than the neutral wardrobe of my dreams. I'm still following my style guideposts, and if you've listened, you know they are fun, current, and polished, and I'm reinterpreting them in a different way. Instead of a dark gray graphic tee, I'm choosing the bright blue. Instead of the black sweater jacket I just bought on clearance, I bought the bright red. As I push myself a little bit, I'm finding that I'm loving the results. I still have my style, but I also feel I'm feeling really good about the way that I look. So you've just got to find what is most important to you and how can you make it all work together. Now, as far as the color versus body disconnect that I deal with, I choose the priority that is right for me at the moment. If I'm on stage where people see all of me, I tend to work on balancing my body a little bit more and I put lighter colors on the bottom. If I'm on video and no one sees my lower half, I put light and bright on the top. I let my priorities shift, which is absolutely okay too. 
Choose what is best for you in the moment or what you want most at any given time. All right, there you have it. I hope this helps you deal with the disconnects you might find as you navigate the five elements of personal style. If you want to be the first to know when the doors to our membership reopen next week, be sure you're on our email list. There's a link right in the show notes. Head to youreverydaystyle.com slash episode 66. You'll also find a link to listen to the original episode in its entirety and information for entering the giveaways. But for now, I hope you enjoy the five elements of personal style and I'll see you next week. Today, we are talking about the five elements of style. On the pre-service questionnaire that I send out to clients, I ask women to name someone whose style they admire and three things they like about her style. So often I hear things like, she just has really great style, or she has a defined look, or her look is unique to her. A really common answer to this question is some something along the lines of, even though I don't want her style, she's always put together. But what is it? What do these women have in common? It's not the same style over and over, and it's not perfect bodies and unlimited budget. What these women have is synergy between these five different elements of style. When all of these things work together, the result is a look that is well-defined and authentic to the wearer. When there are disconnects, the result is a style that never seems to come together or is just missing something, or it's a wardrobe that feels a bit like it belongs to someone else. My goal today is to introduce you to the five elements and help explain some of these common disconnects that I've seen over the years. Each element could be a podcast episode unto its own, and the body type one definitely is. So I won't be going super in-depth into each one, but you should walk away from this discussion with enough knowledge to begin to understand how these five elements are affecting your style. Let's dig in. The first element, and frankly the most important one, is your mindset. This is something we don't often consider, but it has a huge impact on our style. From believing you're worth investing time and resources in to challenging the idea that some women are just more stylish than others, how you feel about style is the basis with which you make all your style and wardrobe choices, even if you're not aware of it. Here are a few questions to ask yourself to start to understand your style mindset. First, ask yourself, how do you view style and getting dressed? For you, is it a chore or is it self-care? Is it a form of self-expression or is the sole purpose of your wardrobe to make sure you don't get a public nudity citation? It's important to understand neither answer is right or wrong, but your answer is going to have a huge impact on the finished look. Second, do you think some women are born with a style gene and some women just aren't? If you believe you weren't born with an innate sense of style, Do you think it can be learned? How you feel about your style potential affects how much you put into it. If you feel like it's hopeless, you'll never love the way you look, you're probably going to be a lot less willing to even try. On the other hand, if you think you can build your style muscle and that's important to you, you're more likely to try different things on your quest to discover what works for you. And in the end, you're going to build that style muscle. Finally, ask yourself where personal style ranks in your priorities. This is a huge one. How much time, effort, and money are you willing to spend to love the way you look? 
You know I believe that style can be easy and it doesn't have to break the bank, but there is the reality that having a wardrobe that makes you feel and look amazing requires some time and effort and yes, spending money once in a while. The most common disconnect I see in the mindset element are women who claim style is a priority, but then have a million excuses why they can't have a wardrobe they love. I hear things like this all the time. I can't have cute shoes because I have problem feet. I can't have style I like because I have kids. It must be nice to have time and money to focus on yourself. They don't make cute clothes for plus size women. I could go on and on. My point is this. It's easy to look at super stylish women and think it just happens easily for them. And we'd look like that too if it wasn't for all the forces holding us back. That's simply not true. There is no such thing as effortless style. These women put work into it. Style doesn't come when all the conditions are right. Style comes when you care about how you look and decide to make it a priority, plain and simple. I want to be very clear that there is no shame if style isn't a priority. There have been times in my life where it wasn't important to me, so I get it. But you can't say it's a priority for you and then be unwilling to put any effort in. That's where this disconnect lies. Your action should match your mindset. The second element is your personality. Stylist Rachel Zoe said this, Style is a way to say who you are without having to speak. Quick, do me a favor. Look down at your outfit. Could people tell anything about you or your personality by what you're wearing? Style gets personal when you inject your personality into it. So I encourage my clients to think of their style as an outward expression of their personality. So how do you do that? That sounds a little bit difficult. Where do you start? For years, I've had clients create what I call style guideposts. These are three words that describe your personality and what you want people to see when someone looks at you. They could be things like fun, modern, bold, romantic, conservative, artistic, sporty, quirky, classy, earthy, sophisticated, minimalistic. I could go on and on and you can make up your own. But once you've picked your three words, measure every single item in your closet, every piece you want to buy, and every outfit you put together against those three words. If it doesn't match, don't buy it, don't keep it, or change something about your outfit to make it match those words. There are two disconnects in this element to think about. The first is between the first and second elements. Lots of us think that thinking about our style or making it a priority is silly or frivolous. We talked about that in the last episode. But then we expect the end result of our endless buying and trying and returning to be a cohesive look that we like. But if you don't know where you're going, how do you know how to get there? It's kind of like starting to paint a picture with no idea what you want to end up with. And then at the end, expecting that painting to match your living room perfectly. What are the odds of that? It's the same thing with your style. If you are buying things randomly without thinking about how you want to look, the chances that are that you're going to end up looking the way you want are pretty small. The second disconnect is this, and it's a big reason women don't have wardrobes that reflect their personalities. So often we default to the practical and safe. When you're standing in front of that big table of sweaters, be honest. Do you go for the bright color you love or do you look at it for a minute and then end up with the gray one because it will go with everything? 
Do you look with longing at the leather Spanx leggings and then end up with the plain cotton ones because you're afraid of what people will think if you wear them to the bus stop? Until you give yourself permission to like what you like and buy what you like, you'll never have real personal style. This is your permission slip to buy the thing you love. All right, the third style element is your lifestyle. This is a big area women struggle with, marrying how they want to look and how they really live. In the Everyday Style Lounge, every once in a while, I'll ask people to describe their style in three words. Guess what? Those are their guideposts. The next day, I'll ask if the outfit they're wearing matches their self-described style. I hear a lot of no because. No, because I worked out today. No, because I'm staying home all day. No, because I had a meeting at work. These women are missing the point. Style shouldn't be a once in a while thing when all the conditions are right. When you marry your style, which is the way you want to look, with your lifestyle, which is the way you really live, that's when you're stylish all the time. It's important to be realistic about your lifestyle. Otherwise, you're dressing for a life you don't have and you will never wear those clothes. Often when clients shop with me, they want to buy clothes that are a little dressier than they normally wear. I get it. They're investing a lot of money. They feel like they should put together this should wardrobe, and it's an opportunity for reinvention to do a little bit better. I had one Linda want nothing but dress pants and blouses. She was a stay-at-home mom coming out of that little kid haze, and to her, She's been wearing tees and yoga pants for years, but she wanted to feel put together. And for her, that meant dressing up because that's what her former life was before she had kids. We argued in the fitting room about whether or not she was actually going to reach for those dress pants on a random Tuesday when she was going to the grocery store, or she would just default to the old leggings because there wasn't anything that honored her style and fit her lifestyle. She finally admitted I was right, and we put her in comfy ponty pants and cute knit tops that had a little something extra to them. We married her style and her lifestyle. All of a sudden, she was going the places she needed to go, looking the way she wanted to look. The best way to apply your style to your lifestyle is to use those three guideposts whenever you're shopping, whether it's for work clothes or workout clothes. Let's say your words are modern, fun, and bold. If you are shopping for athleisure wear, buy athleisure pieces that are modern, fun, and bold. If you are shopping for work dresses, look for work dresses that are modern, fun, and bold. You'll end up with a wardrobe that fits your style, honors your lifestyle, and feels authentic and stylish all the time. Obviously, the biggest disconnect this solves is the personality versus lifestyle elements, But I also think this speaks to our mindset as well. Recognize that style isn't about dressing up once in a while when conditions are perfect, when you're going the place that you have this perfect outfit in mind for. It's about weaving your personality through all aspects of your life so you love the way you look all the time. Moving on, our fourth element is physical characteristics. These would include your body shape and your coloring. Both of these topics are so big that there's no way I could cover in depth any of them. So I will just point you to some other resources. If you want a lot of body shape knowledge and you haven't listened to podcast episodes two through six, I would suggest you start there. I'm working on a color class at the moment, but there are a ton of resources out there and I will link to a video that I did in the show notes. 
My goal for right now in this episode is to get you understanding how these things affect your style and how they're connected to the other elements. There are lots of disconnects to be found here. The first one is mindset. I come across a lot of women who think color and flattery rules are absolutely unbreakable. They have to have the right shade of blue or the perfect neckline. And if they can't be best all the time, don't bother. That simply isn't true. I think it's important to know what your bests are, but it's okay to trade flattery points for style points, as I'm sure you've heard me say over the years. Best silhouettes and colors are one part of the style equation, but wearing things that make you feel stylish and make you feel fabulous, that matters too. For example, one of my absolute favorite outfits is a camel-colored cap sleeve mock turtleneck sweater tunic. I wear it over a striped long sleeve tee with leggings or skinny jeans and over-the-knee boots. I love this outfit. It feels so me. However, mock turtlenecks are really not my best. You'll probably never see me wear this outfit on camera, but I love it. And on occasion, it's worth it not to extend my neck as long as I can for it to be a super cool outfit. It's okay not to hit those bests all the time. The second mindset piece is that you need to decide, again, how much of a priority this is for you. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being, I don't care at all, I just wear what I want, to 10, which is, if it's not best for me, I won't wear it. Where do you fall? If you answered 1 or 2, don't be surprised if you often feel a little bit frumpy. You might want to kick it up just a notch. It's hard to be stylish if your clothes don't, for the most part, flatter you. If you answered a 9 or a 10, don't be surprised if you feel like you're in a style rut. You may not be leaving yourself enough room to have fun. I want to share a couple of Linda stories that demonstrate the disconnects we find in this element. One thing to understand is that certain colors evoke certain styles, and the more tied you are to wearing your perfect colors, the more you might find yourself struggling with some, but not all, styles. Let me give you an example. I worked with one Linda who refused to wear anything other than her colors. She would only wear her colors. She had a little swatch book in her purse, and if it wasn't on those little pieces of paper, she was not buying it or wearing it. Her colors were brown, gold, oranges, green, very warm tones, very autumnal tones. She would not touch black. She didn't even own black pants, which is really a commitment. I've never met anybody else who doesn't own black pants. Her problem, though, is that she always felt like she looked country. Her word, not mine. She wanted to look more sleek, sophisticated, and urban. Brown isn't a super urban color. I know it's coming back into fashion, but it has not been the neutral color that urban wardrobes have been built on for the last 20 years. That has been strictly black. So in this case, She was wearing colors that were best for her, but they didn't match with the colors that her ideal style had, so there was a disconnect. It's the same with body shape. I worked with a Linda who was an apple shape, which meant that her middle was her biggest measurement, and she had a bigger upper body compared to her bottom half. Linda loved all things preppy and nautical, and she wanted that style. The problem with that is that a preppy style uses a lot of tucked in silhouettes, super structured shirts on top, uh, belts, layers, crew necks, all things that highlighted the parts she didn't want to show off and did nothing for the parts that she did like. 
I can't tell you how many clients I've worked with who are women with well-defined waists, either pairs or hourglasses, who want this boho, relaxed, free-spirited style. And then we put them in a flowy blouse and they instantly feel frumpy and boxy. It hides the parts they love. It's the style not meshing with their body shape. Does this mean you can't have the style you want with the body you have or or the coloring you have? Absolutely not. But it does mean you have to be a little bit more intentional with how you mesh your physical characteristics and your desired style. Our last element is your shopping habits. Be honest. Have you ever thought about how the way you shop affects the way you look? Most of us probably haven't, which is how we end up with a closet full of clothes and nothing to wear. Your shopping style will have as much impact on your personal style as anything else. So let's take a look at a few things. I want to talk really, really briefly about the concept of easy, cheap, and good. I know I've talked about this before, but it's worth discussing again. Easy, cheap, and good is a life principle that says that in any undertaking, you can have two of these three, but you can't have all three. Think about it planning a wedding, a birthday party, remodeling your house, taking a vacation. We want things to be easy, cheap, and good, but they can't be. You can have two, not three. Again, you have to decide where your priorities are. In this this case, it's your shopping priorities. Often we have one life priority that is kind of chosen for us. When you're going through a financial rough patch, cheap probably has to be at the top of the list. When you've got three kids under 10 and you work full time and everyone's going to sports, easy probably has to be a guiding principle. If you want to up-level your business or get a promotion or you're already at the top and you want people to look at you like a leader, good has to be your focus. So one is probably decided for you, and then you decide what the other one is going to be. I've worked with a lot of Lindas over the years who have been going for easy and cheap and then wondered why their wardrobes don't look good. A whole wardrobe of Target or Old Navy eventually is going to catch up with you and affect your style, especially if your style is classic, classy, sophisticated, elegant. Those are styles that don't necessarily work well with cheap and easy. If you want to listen to a deeper description of this principle and how each combination affects your wardrobe, go back and listen to episode eight. If you want the skip to the end version, here it is. You can only have two, and the one you don't choose is what your wardrobe will not be. So if you pick cheap and easy, that means over time, your wardrobe won't be good. The big disconnect with this one usually is the mindset piece. Women defaulting to cheap and easy and then wondering why it isn't good. Another disconnect here is not reevaluating where we are in life. I worked with Alinda who built her wardrobe on good and cheap, but it occurred to her that she was in a place in her career where saving time was more important than saving money. By the way, I always say that's the definition of success. When you value time more than you value money, you have made it. Anyway, she shifted her shopping strategy from cheap and good to easy and good. And all of a sudden she was less frustrated because she wasn't spending so much effort to look the way she wanted to look. Chances are your shopping strategy will change many, many times over the years, and you've always got to be reevaluating where you are. Don't stick to the same one if it isn't serving you. You know that applies to all of my wardrobe advice. There you have it, the five elements of personal style. 
Your homework for the week is to pick just one element and do some thinking about it and maybe eliminate some disconnects that may be hanging around. Choose the one that resonated most with you today. That's all I've got for you today. I'll see you next week. Until then, stay stylish. Class is dismissed for today, but the conversation doesn't have to end. Head over to youreverydaystyle.com forward slash podcast for show notes, freebies, and links to connect with me on social media. And if the Everyday Style School podcast is making style easier and more fun for you, it would make my day if you would subscribe to the show, leave a review, and share it with your friends so women everywhere can have more fun with style. I'll see you next time. And until then, stay stylish.